I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Y'all, it's official. We are an Amazon affiliate. And it's only right because I let till book is offered on Amazon. If you haven't already checked it out, go ahead and click the link in our description and check it out. Help us support you while we support us, while we all support each other, if you know what I'm saying. All right, y'all, check it out. Hey, y'all, we are back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. As usual, we have a very special guest on, but before we jump in, we need to talk about a random discussion question because I think we forgot to the last few episodes. Oh. Yeah, I think we forgot. So, hmm. This is not really a discussion question, but more so a question of, have you ever watched something and the end had you like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> because I watched something this weekend and it was a really good show, but I was like, what did I just watch? I don't know if y'all, it just came out on Netflix. It's called Lady Across the Street Watching the Girl Through the Window or something like that. And it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's like a psychological thriller at the same time. And I'm still, I went and rewatched it, started rewatching. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? So that's my question to y'all. I mean, I know, I, I literally last night, I just seen the preview of that. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> yes. I literally just, I think I laughed because I was like, what? And then like the little background picture is like her drinking like there's a big old glass of wine or yep. something like that. I was just like, what did I just look at? And I've only, I only seen the preview. So I resonate with that. But something I'm thinking of another, you kind of, another movie I'm thinking of is it's called like The Girl on the Train. Have you all ever seen that? It's kind of like, I, a, like a, what'd you say? haven't but I feel like I've heard of of the actual movie but I have not I don't think I've seen it it's like a psychological thriller too instead of instead of a series it's a movie and it's 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 a white woman and um (laughs) she's on the train or something and she goes through like if she really murdered somebody or if she I think had an affair I don't even remember but it was one of those movies where at the end I had no idea what I was watching and I kind of didn't care. I mean, it wasted, it felt like it was a waste of my time. Um, but interesting, these, you know, these these white girls on, I mean, for mine is on the train, yours is across the street, but you know, it's pretty interesting. Uh, what about you, Sasha? No, I mean, lately I've been trying to catch some Netflix shows and a lot of the Netflix movies I watch that are like by Netflix, I find myself, you know, going, what the... <laughs> like this could have been better or, you know, what, what was this? So some of the more like TV shows and stuff like that, um, I like the Cobra Kai's and all of that. I, I've been like, oh, this is pretty good. But the, the movie, some of the movies I've been feeling like they've been a little bootleg like and I'm you know I'm not feeling that because usually Netflix was on on point but now I'm like looking at the other spots like Hulu and all of them they've been coming out with some or Apple TV been coming out with some bangers (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm gonna hand it over to Danica to introduce our guest today 
And that was a good one, Myra. That was a good one. Thank you for the random discussion. Um, so today, y'all, we have a special guest, Sasha Nicole. And today we're going to be talking about Black women experiencing postpartum depression. But before we get into it, you know, we like a nice introduction. Um, so for moms who feel stuck and stagnant in life, Sasha Nicole teaches how to feel more confident and courageous through various courses, motivational videos, coaching, and keynote speeches. As a mental health advocate in the wellness industry for over 10 years, who not only survives severe postpartum depression and thrives with a mental health illness, it is her mission to assist others in living a healed and whole life while honoring, while honing in on what truly makes you happy. So as you can see, you all, like we have a guest today who has some personal experience and professional experience. And so we are excited to have you, Sasha. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me. That is great to hear. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, so what is your mission with your brand and nonprofit and how do the two correlate? So the mission for my brand, Fearless Influence, is essentially, as you as you so eloquently stated for who I am in terms of helping moms, helping women who, you know, are feeling stuck, who feel like they want to heal, but they don't know how, who don't know how to share their story authentically, or don't know how to be transparent about what they're going through. And so Fearless Influence is all about motivation, is all about motherhood, is all about mental health. And then part of Evolution, which is my nonprofit, uh, which is essentially helping women of color who've experienced postpartum depression is, again, you know, we're talking about the healing, talking about helping other women, especially women of color, to, to really be mentally well. Okay, I just want to clarify. So I heard fearless influence, and then you said it's another piece, another component too? Right, so I have a personal brand called Fearless Influence, and that's like my personal brand in terms of myself and the things that I'm doing, a lot of the motivational stuff that I'll talk about, um, motherhood things, and then part of evolution which is my actual 501c3 that's specifically dedicated to women of color who are experiencing postpartum depression. Can you spell the name of the nonprofit so we can make sure we're sharing it with folks and get it correct? Absolutely. So it's partum, P-A-R-T-U-M, evolution, E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. And it, it's the same for social media and website, partumevolution.org. Perfect. And I'll be sure to make sure that you all get this information. I'm just making sure I write it out myself so I don't get confused. But I do want to ask um, the difference between postpartum and postpartum depression. I hear people getting that confused. And now myself, I'm postpartum four weeks now. And so even with myself, I was like, I'm getting kind of confused. Y'all are confusing me. From my understanding, postpartum <laughs> is a period and postpartum, is, postpartum depression is something different. So can you yeah. break down the difference and also the signs of postpartum depression? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, like you're four weeks postpartum. So typically four weeks postpartum is that period. It's literally right after childbirth. And with and usually right after childbirth, what you might go through is called the, the baby blues. And so during that time, it's usually about anywhere from two to four weeks, you might experience the baby blues. And so one of those things to distinguish baby blues and postpartum depression is the timeline. Baby blues only last about two to four weeks. And then also the symptoms. And so the symptoms of having baby blues, you're usually maybe a little bit irritable, you might be fatigued, you might feel sad, and you're just, you're not sure why, but it's temporary, it usually starts to dissipate and go away. And then with postpartum depression, it usually lasts anywhere from several months to well over a year, it's much more severe, 
a lot of the symptoms could include you being aggressive, extremely stressed, um, feelings of detachment from the baby. You might even also have feelings where you don't want anyone to actually touch or be near the baby. So it could be the opposite of feeling detached. And so those are usually the things to look for in terms of symptoms, but then also in terms of timeline. So if four weeks have gone by and you're still having these feelings of sadness, you're still having these feelings of irritability, you're still you're not sure where the emotion and things are coming from, you're typically starting to head into the postpartum depression phase. Mm, I'm curious, this is not a question that, you know, we sent to you, but I'm curious if there's any way to help prevent the baby blues or the postpartum depression period. So it's something that they're still definitely studying to see. So for example, you know, women who are already prone, like who have anxiety and depression are usually prone to actually experience postpartum depression uh, because they're already struggling with with depression in general. Um, as far as just actually preventing it, um, period, I don't, you know, I, that'd be interesting to kind of see if maybe there's something that can be done prior or literally right after that will prevent the onset of going through postpartum depression. Because for those women who go even further, you have postpartum psychosis. And so the psychosis part is usually those women who act out on the thoughts that they're having. Um, so for me, I had thoughts of killing my child, but I didn't act out on it. And so usually you go to psychosis state, that's when you usually may act out on it. Mm -hmm. Only ask that the preventative part, because I've been seeing a lot of um, like memes and stuff on Instagram and people talking about how you know, you see the doctor every week when you're pregnant and then there's like this long six week gap where you don't see the doctor and you see them mm -hmm. that one time. And it's had me thinking too, like, why is there such a big gap there? And shouldn't we be trying to make sure that, you know, there's some support during that time also? So that's why I asked that question. Like, what can we be doing, you know, as a person who is pregnant? What can I maybe do to help myself out since there's this long period of when I see my doctor again for support? So just a thought. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Sasha, for um, explaining that, like one in depth and then even explaining your personal experience, like to make this connection, because you do, like you hear about postpartum depression, you hear about anxiety, uh, but psychosis most definitely does not get spoke about enough. No. Um, and so thank you for touching on that. And also like the differences of like the, I guess you can say the layers of it. It sounds like it's it's literally layers that kind of happen here. Um, right. Oh, moms be going through a lot. Parents, people are pregnant. Jeez, like this is, this is, it's a lot. Um, and so in thinking about this too, of like, cause we've talked, we've had like doulas and stuff on um, before, and Myra, and this is just kind of us discussing right now. Myra, you talk about like this support in the in that time to prepare for it. Um, and this, do you all think that maybe if you do have like a doula or uh, like some, one of a support person during that time, that it does maybe help or maybe uh, like that being like a preventative meth a measure of like postpartum or even baby blues? Have y'all talked to people and like the differences that they have had that support during? I do want to mention, because you're making me think about a lot of people don't talk about postpartum doulas. And I think it's important that we do talk about that because that is someone who can come in and continue to help you afterward. If you keep the same person before, you know, they do do stuff to support you afterward, which I think is important to highlight. But Sasha, I know you're going to say something. 
No, um, you hit it right on the head. So like the postpartum doulas, I think for sure, probably lower the, the chances of you going as long. So for me, I had postpartum depression for almost two years. Mm. Uh, I think that had I had a postpartum doula, I don't think I probably would have gone that long. I think having that support is, it's so pivotal really like to to really um have that and a lot of times a lot of women especially women of color like we don't have the support whether it's in our family um whether it's in our spouse or you know partner or friends you know for me my friends thought I was crazy when I was saying you know the things that I was feeling you know about my child and 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 they felt like you just don't want to take care of responsibility or maybe you're just tired or you know they thought of a lot of things or you're just you're not the only mom or single mom at the time Mm. and that was what my family would say so it's the support I think is inevitable to to help not only prevent but to help like you not go as far as a lot of times women may go especially when they get to the depressive state or even psychosis state maybe that could be a huge preventative measure from getting there Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for talking about that um what are some ways that one can check in with friends during their postpartum period that you feel like would be helpful so I think kind of like just picking back off of what I um had just mentioned when we're talking to our friends I think a lot of times like we get into this um it's not the word I'm not looking for the word like competition or anything but we start to measure out you know if how someone feels is sufficient enough in terms of like well you shouldn't feel that way or it's not that big of a deal or why do you feel this way and we measure like almost like if if how you feel is greater than maybe how someone else feel or or do you have it as bad as somebody else right and so I think for, you know, our friendships, like we have to really be there to not only show up because showing up and maybe going to your friend's house and saying, Hey, I can sit with you. Is there something you need help with? I mean, offering support like that is, is tremendous. It's so helpful because when you're going through that phase, you're not thinking about or doing some things that you might do prior. So to have somebody who's just there to support you, I mean, to just do the dishes, like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just helpful, but then also like more than anything, listening and, and, and really showing up in that way, being there to, you know, someone is expressing, I'm having these thoughts really look at, you know, how can you help them with the resources or the support to help that they need um, instead of dismissing it? Because a lot of times, as we mentioned from all the things that we see going on, People will cry out for help and it'll be dismissed. And then when the action occurs, it's, well, I can't believe that they felt that way or that they did that. And it's more than often, you know, people are saying, hey, I'm having these feelings or, hey, I'm feeling down. And it's just, oh, pick yourself back up. You'll be fine. And it doesn't always work that way. So I think just listening and showing up are two big things that we can do to support our friends, you know, during a time in, in the postpartum. Yeah, I think for me, I'll add in because I'm during that period. I think the first thing would be be gentle with your words because I've had people tell me things I should do as opposed to ask me if I can do that. Like, for example, telling me maybe you should formula feed at night so you can get more sleep. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to be thoughtful about what you suggest. And I think also, you know, thinking about the wording that you use again, because um, I'm typically the strong friend. I've had friends tell me like, oh, I'm pretty sure you're making sure you get self-care. And I'm actually not. I'm exhausted. So being thoughtful about, you know, what you're saying in regards to how the friend may be taking care of themselves. 
and also just showing up like for me it's been kind of annoying for people to be like is there anything I can do I don't know <laughs> if you come over and maybe bring me food I was just about to say food. that my room like, just do it yeah okay yeah, and that's been like the hardest thing for me because it's like I don't know what you could do maybe if you came over and figured out what you could do I could tell you <laughs> from there so I think just you know being a little bit more mindful about you know the person that the friend probably was before this period versus now because they're not the same person so just mm-hmm. thinking about how you can be more mindful of that that's great yeah 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 no like same literally I was going to say and I was going to ask I mean I mean both of you all just like what do you all think about people who just kind of um just do like meaning you said like wash the dishes like is that because and it, it, I understand it depends on the person but like would that be offensive if someone came over your house and just like start helping cleaning up right with the with the the mom be like oh no like and then you know that's the whole thing but it sounds like it's better off to try than not right to to just sit there in it like that's the better choice to not do anything right and you often like you know your friend like sometimes you know like how you just said you you may just need to just sit there we just and sit and not do nothing Mm-hmm. And then you might be that friend where you know, like, oh, you know, she would really appreciate if I did this. Like, I think oftentimes we know what our friends might um, enjoy more than the other or need more than the other. And then, like you said, just trying, just asking, like, hey, do you want me to do that? You know, do you need help with that? And nine times out of 10 during that stage, I think the the mom is going to be like, you know what, girl, typically I wouldn't have you touch my dishes, but you can go ahead and wash them jumps today. <laughs> I like a nap, yes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, so I know you kind of touched on it a little bit about your personal experience, uh, Sasha, but what would you say during that time for you, postpartum depression, what would you say were three things that, three things that you learned about yourself? I think like one of the first things that I learned was that I was much stronger than I thought Um, going through that experience and like not, I I felt detached. I knew I was detached and I wanted to be, I I wanted to have that feeling that moms talk about that you see in the movies and they're like, oh, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I feel like I feel love that I've never felt before, but I didn't, I didn't have that feeling and I wanted to have that experience, but and going through postpartum and having thoughts of, of wanting to harm her and, and not like it made me realize that I'm definitely stronger than I thought I was, especially going through some of those things alone. And I think oftentimes like we forget about the strength that we actually do have. Uh, and so that was one of the things. And then second, like even through that experience, like I would I would criticize myself so bad for not having those feelings, for not having that experience. But you know, or the, I'd criticize the fact, oh, I wish I didn't have a C-section. I wish I could have had a vaginal birth. Like we, we start to criticize so many different things, but realizing that through all of that, like I'm a good mom, like I've done the best that I can. I've showed up in every way that I can. Like, so that was something that I learned about myself that, you know what, like you are a good mother, um, regardless of your experience. And I think, you know, number three, I'd probably say, there definitely was still a healing aspect. Having my daughter made me realize so many things about myself uh, that I thought, you know, maybe I had healed, that I thought that I had, um, like, for example, discipline, right? You know, I grew up in a very strongly abusive, very violent household. And so for me, that my familiarity on, on how I would discipline would look very similar to how I was disciplined. 
or some of the things that happened to me. And so, you know, when that would happen and I would realize like that I'm, I'm acting out on things that I previously experienced, it definitely showed me a lot about myself and the things that I still needed to work on and heal. And, and, and that was definitely a blessing because it definitely helped just give me more patience to help me, you know, just really realize and look at things and, and heal from them more. And that was something that was, um, that I think that I learned during that time. Mm. Yeah. That's a good reflection. It's making me think about, Donnie, remember that episode um, where we were talking about um, positive discipline with Jamare? Oh, and yeah. How when she had her daughter, she was beginning to reflect a lot more on how she was raised and how she wants to raise her daughter. So I really resonate with that. And I feel like that's been like a thread we've continued to talk about. Maybe that needs to be a side episode. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think that, you know, not even necessarily the whole like through the dark times, there's light and to say it like that. But and, you know, I think we learn things about ourselves through our tough times sometimes. Right. So like um, interesting hearing you talking about like, you know, you said um, like this comparison piece. Right. You talked about criticism, uh, really recognizing like some of the thoughts you were having about that. Uh, it, your strength, like pouring out, the, like you had to pull it from somewhere, like, and you did it, right? And also, like, I mean, look what you're doing now. So I just love to like bring bring out that point too. Of like, sometimes we learn through these tough times. Um, but so getting to this present moment and where you are now, what are some of the programming um, that you will be offering to women of color, um, and how does your nonprofit help? women of color in general? So there's a lot of things that we're definitely working on. I just got the 501c3 last year. So I'm super excited about that. Before it was just operating more as a resource and support and, and working on different programming. But now that I have the 501c3, it's an you know, official nonprofit. And I, I'm just super excited to, to go into these programs. So one of the things that I want to do is offer safe spaces, safe curated experiences where moms can come in and quarterly and we can talk about the different experiences that they're having or the thoughts that they're having and they can feel like they have a safe space to do that and not be afraid, you know, to express themselves. Um, definitely uh, there are programs being developed for various age groups of moms. So even for the younger moms, they're, you know, want to team up with some of the schools who have the mother programs where I can come in and do different classes, parenting classes, talk about motherhood, talk about postpartum depression, answer any questions and provide resources to the younger, uh, younger moms out here. Because a lot of times we see um, with our young mothers, um, you know, different generations and you see different things and their different needs. And so definitely want to cater to some of the needs that I'm seeing for a lot of the younger moms out here as well as the older moms who might not need those same things. And so uh, one of the other programs is offering pre and after assistance to birth. So kind of how we talked about the uh, postpartum doula or the pre-doula, you know, offering more doula assistance to, to people of mothers of color who need that because a lot of times, you know, we can't afford to hire someone to do those things. So really want to provide some funding to be able to do that. Uh, and then also collaborating with hopefully with different agencies or developing some sort of program where we can offer people who can come and sit with new moms to provide the support within the home or someone to talk to as a peer support. So these are just some of the programs that, you know, we're working on, as well as I'm finalizing a documentary. I've been working on this documentary for a few years. I went around the country filming different women of color who experienced postpartum as well as some organizations. 
uh, to really share their story and talk about it. And so my hope is that this documentary will be done this year. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to having that out. So it can also serve as a resource uh, for, for women to, to look at when they need it. Please, when that comes out, share it with us so we can share it because we, we would love to support that. Absolutely. Yes, this is, this is beautiful. Just hearing you talk about this, like how you're turning like your personal experience to like a huge resource for a community to like now a whole like nonprofit that is going to be able to help people worldwide. I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, so thank you. I do I have one more question. It's just sparked in my brain because I just thought okay. about this. So when it comes to postpartum depression, let's say you are having thoughts, right, of um, harming your child or doing anything like that. Where do social services come in? Do you, like, like, do you, like, in experiences like that, do, is, do, does the system, the system, does the system work with postpartum um, moms who are going through that? Or, like, is that something that is another reason why women don't speak up, right? And people who are, yeah, so for me, one of my biggest fears on why I didn't tell anyone um, in the very beginning that I was having those thoughts is because my immediate thought was that social services was going to come take her. Um, that the doctor was going to report out that I said this, uh, but it's not necessarily how it works with postpartum. So okay. typically when you're having those thoughts, if you share them with your doctor, the, the timing where I believe social services starts to really come in is in the psychosis stage. If a doctor is starting to have, get the gist that, okay, this is not just baby blues. This is not just maybe a slight case of postpartum depression. This is actually much further than that this is where you're probably going to see some services start to get involved because they'll be concerned for the child. Will the child be harmed? Um, but I think we, we have to be more careful in terms of not being afraid to share what's going on in our experience so that we can get the help that we need. The problem is, is that there always isn't a lot of care that offers the help that we need. So for me, when I finally did express something, the first thing was, well, here's some Zoloft. Well, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. That was, I didn't want to just go ahead and take a, a antidepressant right off the bat, especially mm -hmm. I was breastfeeding at the time. You know, how does that, and there was no, no explanation. Well, how does that impact the baby? Like, what does that mean if I'm on this antidepressant? Like, usually antidepressants have to be in your system for at least three weeks, you know, to even start to work. So, so many different things that, that wasn't answered for me, but when we have like more of that support and we share more of those experiences, you know, it, it, it does lead to greater help, greater cause. Um, but in the very beginning, when you're expressing those things, no, they're not going to just be like, oh, I'm, I'm about to call social services. And it doesn't work like that. It definitely takes a lot more into it for it to go to that level. Mm, that's a really good question. I'm happy you asked that. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Asha, for answering that, too. That's just something I'm thinking here. I'm like, that could also be of a fear. Um, but also what you're saying and encouraging those like women is to, you know, say something, you know, like if there's plenty of other women sharing the same experiences. And like when you when you don't ex share and disclose that, then you're not going to get the support as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's definitely it was definitely a huge fear of mine. So it's a great question. Yeah. As we wrap up, I want to ask um, if you have any takeaways for our listeners. I would just say, you know, be as you mentioned earlier, like being gentle with yourself, like understanding that, you know, however you may be feeling or however the thoughts that you may be feeling, it doesn't, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad mother. 
it definitely, there are, as you mentioned, Danica, like other women out there who are going through the same experience um, as you and, and just being willing to, to share that experience or, or not being afraid to talk about it is just something that I just want to reiterate. Um, and, and that there are resources and support for women, you know, who look like you, because at the time, I didn't, there wasn't resources for women who look like me. And so there are more resources out here, reach for them. Um, I'm definitely a resource as well. So I'd say, you know, those would be my takeaways. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. We look forward to your documentary. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you all's time and I'm looking forward to, to sharing it. And, and thank you again. So I hope y'all enjoy that episode since, you know, I'm four weeks postpartum. I probably got way more resources than Donika has to share. So I'll kick it off and <laughs> she can share after because I feel like I'm in the trenches right now. Um, <laughs> so first off, uh, my coworker who will be on one of the episodes, her name is Velma. She put me together a self-care box, which I was like, wow, so sweet. Everybody's sending me all this baby shit. I mean, I love that stuff, but hers was for me, which I thought was really sweet and you know, I've been getting a lot of baby books too sent to me, but she sent me one specifically for Black women. And that like made my day. And the book is called Oh Sis, You're Pregnant. And it's by Shanicia Boswell. We'll share it. Um, but anyway, it's a really good book. It talks about during pregnancy, adoption, if you decide to go that route, after pregnancy, all those things. And I love that it's by a Black woman because I feel like you don't really see that. I'm really thankful for that. Um, during the episode, we talked a lot about doula support. So I wanted to share, there's a collective called For the Village and they offer free doula support. Um, and so check them out. They were originally based in San Diego, but now they've kind of gone to other places um, and they've been a lot of grant money. So they've been keeping that going. Last thing I want to share is the peanut app. It's like Tinder for pregnant women or women with babies. And it's really cool because you swipe left if you like the person's profile or you swipe right if you want to connect with the person and it's so cool I met like my pregnant BFF on there our due dates were exactly a month apart you know she still hasn't given birth um so that's really cool what'd you say Donika no I'm just saying that she still hasn't given birth I feel like she's gonna give birth on the fourth like I did like she was due January 27th I was due December 27th and I told her I was like you're gonna give birth on Friday watch so that's really cool. Um, they have different chat rooms on there. It's literally like Tinder slash Facebook slash like a meetup on an app, but for pregnant people or people who have babies. Um, so I highly suggest to check that out. So that's all my resources. I love those resources and I most definitely have never heard of them. Like y'all plug in. Um, so for me, like, I mean, I just enjoy like hearing about this because I do feel like it's something that's not talked about enough um and then just being on the the opposite side like I've had you know I've been having friends who've had children since I was 12 um it sounds strange but like one of my friends she had a child when she was like 13 14 and like a lot of times I just been there uh, <laughs> like and felt like like I never really knew what to do um, and so I think it's nice just to talk about like what also people who are, you know, the people around you, what they can do as well. Cause I think a lot of times we don't know, like we don't know. And um, a lot of times we just, we either just sit there <laughs> um, and or we feel like we're scared to ask questions uh, just because we're not experiencing the same thing. 
And so it's nice to like talk about this and to hear from the other side too, like your personal experience with this and like, it's real. So, I mean, I would say that is really my encouragement to everybody as well. Just like, you know, listen to this and apply it. Don't just listen, apply it. Um, Because we can be better to our friends and loved ones and community. Not even, even if it's not like your super close friend, like we can be better to the folks who are pregnant and the people who do have children. Um, so that's that's pretty much my little takeaway. I got to shout out my friend, Tony, because I know she listens to the podcast, but I just got to shout her out because she literally has been there since day one. When I was, when I first went out, I was pregnant. She's dropping me off food. When I got closer to me being pregnant, always checking my location to make sure I'm okay. Not the um, location. <laughs> when I gave birth, the person that whenever I need something from CVS, Target, whatever, she I literally would say I need it at four o'clock and by 4 15 it's here at my house so I definitely have to shout her out and then whenever I'm like oh I don't feel like driving drive me to the places so definitely want to shout her out yes come on Tony oh uh, thanks for being there for my friend um <laughs> but right. other than that y'all will share we'll share resources for Sasha and the books and the app and all the things Myra said in the description continue to follow us and we'll be back next monday so y'all we have to shout out our friends over at fiverr we are officially a fiverr affiliate and i love fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on whether it be if you need a new logo you need help with the resume you need help with social media they help you over there so go ahead and check out our friends over at fiverr that's five e r r so five with two r's at the end So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and tell them that we sent you.